welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Hello, how are you? Hey, man. Yeah, good. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's 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 been a long time, but thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. It's, uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while, so uh, it's good to talk to you again. Yeah, definitely. So, for the listeners who are not as familiar with your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Oh, that's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I mean, funny story. I, I, I was yeah. going through a couple of years ago, I was going back to the U.S. I mean, now I'm living in Amsterdam, been living mm-hmm. here for almost 12 years and I was going back into the U.S. And I had just retired from from dancing and obviously retiring from ballet, uh, a career that sort of really encompasses everything about you for so many years of your life. Well, I'm 41 now and it's mm-hmm. been my life for 30 of those years. Um yeah, so I went back through Border Patrol and, and, you know, the guy was like, oh, so, you know, what are you doing back here in the U.S.? What are you doing living in the Netherlands? And he said, what do you do for a living? And I kind of looked at him and I thought, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I no idea what I'm doing now. Well, I just retired from ballet, but where I'm going next, <laughs> I have no idea. So I guess, um, yeah, I, I'm still heavily involved in ballet. I, I, it's kind of my life. I don't ever want to leave it, but um, I don't really do any one particular thing full time, I guess. I'm concentrating now on mostly is, is um, Ballet Rising, which is my uh, project to, um, yeah, just uh, tell the story of how ballet is sort of uh, heading into a new sort of golden era, I guess you can say. Um, it's just rising in, in popularity and all around the world in places where you wouldn't imagine mm-hmm. ballet would become a thing. So, yeah, I guess I'm kind of a film producer, kind of a ballet teacher, kind of a, kind of a nomad, I guess. <laughs> That's yeah. the best way to describe me right now. Sure. Excellent. Um, so I do want to get into Ballet Rising in a second. But hmm. before, before I do, though, I want to start from the beginning. Um, so I guess obviously ballet has and is uh, a big focal point of your life and career. What made you first get started in ballet? Uh, um yeah, my mom kind of talked me into it. I was a, an extremely introverted little kid. Um, I was put in special class for kids with learning disabilities, and I was just basically a mute. I was afraid of everything. Um, yeah, my mom was like, we got to do something. Otherwise, this kid is he's never going to go anywhere. <laughs> she was like, why don't you try ballet, of all things? And I was, I was kind of, I don't know, scared of everything, but also open-minded at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, I'll give it a shot. And um she asked me if I wanted to audition for the Nutcracker. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. You know, get up on stage and dance, you know, and it sounded like so much fun. And yeah. um, there was 30 some odd boys that had auditioned that year. And they ended up cutting like two or three of us. I was one of them. Um, so I was pretty depressed. <laughs> and um, my mom was like, well, listen, if you want to audition for the Nutcracker and you want to make it again next year, why don't you try doing some ballet lessons? And it'll probably be really good for you because, you know, it's, ballet is good for so many different things 
Um, so yeah, I took a few classes. I ended up really enjoying it. I sort of found a way to come out of my shell and start communicating with other kids and sort of found myself basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, just went from there. I had a, people were like, Oh, you're talented. You can really do this. So it just started a, a thing inside of me and it, yeah, <laughs> the rest is history, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So you, you got that initial start and then, but beyond just say, just enjoying it, you like went full force and then went to the, the school for ballet West. What was, so what was that like? And what really made you want to go? I definitely want to study this and make it the focal point of my career. Um, I think it was kind of the idea. Well, it was, it was one, it was like a community of kids that I really enjoyed and felt connected with, you know, we all sort of shared this passion for dance and theater and drama and we were, we worked really hard at it. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was a lot of gratification I got from it. Um, but it was also kind of the, the, the romanticism of traveling, you know, suddenly I, I realized there were these schools all around the world and you, you know, um, you could audition and they would take you and sometimes they would give you a scholarship, you know, mm -hmm. uh, wow. You know, I was, we were, we were pretty poor. Um, my dad wasn't around very much. My mom had no education. She was, she had four kids and, you know, had a really hard time making ends meet. So for the, the idea for us to ever travel anywhere or, or attend a school or do anything, was uh was yeah difficult <laughs> so suddenly i realized that i could really go places with this and, and people were really encouraging me saying wow you have you're not just okay yeah a nice dancer no you could really really become something and i got a scholarship to a school in philadelphia and it was one of the first times i'd ever even left salt lake city utah and yeah it just opened up the world to me and i i thought wow i could go around the world and dance on all these great stages and meet all these exciting people from all these different countries and share in this this art form that we all uh really passionately love so mm -hmm. yeah it was it was a combination of different things but that sort of romance of traveling the world kind of was a big part of it <laughs> yeah and, yeah okay excellent so how how did your career then evolve from your your initial training to then ultimately you know all of the to, it would actually take me a very long time to name all the roles and places that you've danced at, which is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. But kind of like, how did how did did you see your career evolving? And maybe what were some of the highlights that you've come across in your in your vast career? Uh, well, uh, my career started in New York in 1997 when I joined American Ballet Theater, which is one of the biggest and most reputable con uh, companies in the world. Um, it was always my dream company, you know, since I was a kid and first decided I wanted to do ballet. It's the company where Baryshnikov danced and, and did all of his big famous roles. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, for me, that was like, okay, well, that's where I'm going. Um, so I started off with a bang like that. I was really excited, you know, young kid right out of Utah. Well, I'd been living in D.C. for a little bit before that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, living in New York was like, you know, <laughs> head blown. <laughs> yeah. Um, far cry from Salt Lake City. Uh, so that was exciting, but it was also kind of a, um, yeah, it's sort of a bland time. You know, the company was having a lot of financial difficulties. It didn't seem like we were doing a lot. We weren't touring many places. Uh, the rep was just kind of, it was great if you're a principal dancer, but for a young kid in the back line of the court of ballet, it was pretty boring and, and uninspiring. 
Mm. So I left pretty quickly and went to Seattle uh, to the Pacific Northwest Valley, which is a smaller company, but it was but it was really good. They were known to have a good rep and good facilities. And Seattle's a great city, uh, one of my favorite cities in the world. Um, and I I came up quickly. I rose to the rank of principal dancer there. And um, yeah, I was kind of comfortable. I had a nice life. I was living living large in Seattle, and I was getting yeah just not. Yeah, I guess I was I was like ready to just spend my career there and live, live my life in Seattle when, when the opportunity to guest with the Dutch National Ballet in Amsterdam came along. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, listen, we need a big guy like you. You're strong, you're tall, you're handsome, you can dance, you can partner. Um, and I had to think about it, you know, I was like, oh, um, this is difficult. I wasn't ready to suddenly move to the other side of the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was an opportunity I sort of really couldn't uh, pass up, you know, in the end, it was just like, yeah, you know, challenge, challenge yourself, move to another country, you know, join a bigger, more, I mean, the Dutch National Ballet is one of the biggest, most famous companies in the world. So it was really like, and joining it as a, as their top male dancer was kind of like, it was a huge honor, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I moved out here, I did it. I said, yes, let's, um, (laughs) let's rock and roll. And it's just been an absolute wild ride ever since, you know, that kind of really put me on the map, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I started guesting with all these other big international companies and doing all these big gal- uh, galas in, in all the top theaters around the world. It was just, um, <laughs> it was an exciting time to say the least. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. So there's a particular choreographer that stands out in your bio and that's uh, Bill Forsyth. And it probably, yeah. he probably sticks out to me just because I, when I was at Juilliard in the early 2000s, he came in and, and taught the dancers a routine. Yeah, and then I met Jill, one of his protégés, and have worked with Jill at, at Harvard. And his his style is so unique. It is, um, I love just going to his performances because it's, it's like you're expecting at least something very untraditional. So mm. what was your experience working with his style and, of, of dance versus you know, something more traditional that you've done? Well, I think he, more than anybody... Well, him and George Balanchine really opened my eyes, but I think more more foresight. Um, unfortunately, I never got to actually work with him personally, which is kind of the one of the few things I kind of look at my career and go, ah, oh, darn, you know. <laughs> I've just heard the most amazing things about him as a person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of unfortunate. But um, his ballet, In the Middle, Somewhat Elevated, was kind of a real... Um, a game changer in a lot of ways for the ballet world. I think it's one of, it's probably his most famous pieces, uh, probably one of the most famous pieces out there now. I think every ballet company on the planet does that ballet and it just never seems to get old. <laughs> um, but for me, it, it really opened my eyes as a student and as a young kid, I was pretty much focused primarily on just classical ballet. Mm-hmm. I did do only, you know, I was kind of really like, I want to do Swan Lake, Don Q, you know, Labai there, those big classics, you know, the, the contemporary stuff, I was a bit like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, that one really changed it for me when I did it. I just could not believe how incredibly difficult and hard it was, but how rewarding and satisfying at the end of it. You know, it was the first time I ever came out of off the stage being so exhausted, I almost threw up. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you go right back out on stage and you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> sort of a masochistic thing. Right. But um, yeah, that, that piece really just turned everything for me and suddenly it opened my eyes to, to doing more neoclassical and contemporary and 
from that point on, I've always been known as being an extremely versatile dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my former director here in the Netherlands, when I retired, said Casey kind of just did everything. <laughs> I never said no to anybody. Um, so yeah, that that piece just kind of catalyzed it. And also the fact that so many people that I know very well um, loved Bill Forsythe and, and, you know, they respect him so much. Mm-hmm. So that kind of uh, was really neat too, just to, to know that he was also a really fascinating person as well. Mm-hmm. So definitely. So tell me about Ballet Rising. What what made you want to start something new after you retired? And, and why did you want to start Ballet Rising particularly? Um, well, after I retired, I was kind of pretty aimless there for a little while, like what we were saying earlier. Um, I just wanted to travel. That's all I really knew I wanted to do. I didn't want to leave the ballet world entirely, but I didn't know exactly where I belonged in it either. I didn't really picture myself. I love teaching ballet, Mm -hmm. but I never pictured myself as becoming like a a, a full-time ballet teacher, you know? Um, Choreography always was really interesting to me, but I didn't want to, you know, get stuck in the studio all day long and just choreograph ballets, you know? There's also a big part of me that that really wants to explore other things around the world outside of art and dance and ballet, you know, economics and technology and science and history and philosophy and architecture and all these things are fascinating. And when you're a dancer, you're so focused on on dance that I wanted to take some time and just sort of cut away and travel the world and learn all of these things. Um, But as, as a means of traveling, I was saying, okay, you know, uh, maybe I can teach some ballet in several places, you know, as long as I'm traveling. And I wanted to go to places away from the places I had traveled as a dancer. You know, as a dancer, you're going to go to Moscow, Paris, London, you know, San Francisco, Tokyo all the time. You know, I've been to all these cities, you know, a tremendous number of times. I wanted to get away and go to, you know, sub-Saharan Africa. I wanted to go deep into the, the Amazon, you know, <laughs> basically, <laughs> uh, you know, re- going to go into the Himalayas. And so uh, as I went to these places, I, I was like, oh, you know, I, I heard of a couple of ballet schools and I thought well, maybe I can teach, you know. And I always got the same reception from these people. I mean, they were just ecstatic to hear from me and to hear that I would want to come and teach at their schools, you know. And I was just realizing how um, disconnected these people are and feel uh, and yet how, how I don't know, just their, their passion for dance uh, is is pretty amazing, and I thought, why in a place like India would would or or Sub-Saharan Africa would these people be so fascinated fascinated by uh, by classical ballet? And it just made me realize that there is this enormous uh, drive by people around the world to do ballet, and uh, and, and I just suddenly thought okay well here's my opportunity i can really do something special for these people and it could also be a really fascinating project for me to work on so it's kind of like me a bit like me finding myself again but also in the process being able to help a lot of people um achieve their sort of dreams and passions and in the end uh, you know I, i identify with them a lot you know, several people have asked me, how does, a, how does a guy from Utah in the United States identify with somebody in sub-Saharan Africa? You know, it's like, you guys come from so different <laughs> worlds. But at the same time, you know, I grew up in the 1980s in Utah. We didn't have, you know, mobile technology. We, we didn't have any ways of really keeping up with the rest of the dance world. What was happening in New York for me was like, it may as well have been on Mars. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, 
with the internet now, people in, in say Madagascar would have access to way more information about what the Paris Opera is doing, who's getting promoted, what rep they're doing, you know, more than I did as a kid. Mm -hmm. So it was just sort of this, like, I just, in, in some small ways, I really identified with these, a lot of these people and felt like I was in a very unique position to do something to help them out, but also to help our art form. I think it's really imperative that we in the mainstream ballet world open up and reach out to people across the planet uh, for the betterment of our of our art itself to help it grow in a positive direction and 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 incorporate new ideas and new people and, and to continue to build um, on what we've created. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I guess Ballet Rising is kind of that little, um, I, guess, I guess you could say tool <laughs> to facilitate that, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, that's kind of... Okay, great. So with, I know this is, and, and I actually kind of struggled this first time too, coming from an arts background directly into say starting a, a company like this, what have been some some resources or mentors or just people that you have spoken with that have helped you go from an idea to actually implementing this organization? Um, all my friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've been surrounded for many years uh, by a lot of really wonderful, intelligent uh, people. Um, one of the first people that really came on board and, and took the project to another level was my friend Chris. He and I were both dancers in the Dutch National Ballet. We moved to Amsterdam at the same time, both from the U.S. And we both started doing photography at the same time as well. Mm -hmm. um, and he had moved back to the U.S., retired, went full time into photography, filmmaking. Now he's had a phenomenal career. Um, he came to me. I was looking for ways of funding all of this. You know, obviously these people in, in these schools around the world, they don't have money to pay for me to come. So it was really like, where are we going to, how are we going to fund this? So I was looking at doing a, um, um, a nonprofit, you know, doing some fundraising, things like that. I've always been fascinated with crowdfunding. That's a, um, something that I, I think has so much potential if we can sort of really get it going right. Mm -hmm. um, so he came on board and was like, listen, let's make films about this uh, because I think they're fascinating stories. These are cool people and everyone would just love to hear about it. And that might be a way in which we can uh, fund it through sponsored films. Um, so he, he had a major, major impact on it and is still having a major impact. He's uh, editing our films right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, my friend Brianna Stewart was great, you know, talking about a lot of social issues. And, uh, one of the things we talk about in Ballet Rising is, is some of the racial, uh, issues, you know, just recently they've started, they've stopped calling skin colored tights, skin colored tights. And now they have a wider variety of all different skin tones and shades and, and all of them are skin colored. They're just, which one, you know, mm -hmm. this is kind of something that only recently dawned on us that, that skin color doesn't necessarily mean white skin. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she had a big impact and my friend Marguerite had a big impact. She's a ballet fan from London who came in and did the same. She was like, I don't know how I can help, but if there's any way I can let me know. I was like, great. So uh, she's been wonderful. Um, yeah. And just recently, Lindsay Elisa King came in and did the same thing. She was just like, I love this project. I just want to be a part of it. Um, mm -hmm. here's my skills. What can I do? And she came in and just started writing the most phenomenal articles and, and cleaning up all of my 
bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, these people have been phenomenal. There's there's a lot of people that have really helped out a lot, but uh, this is sort of my core group that's that's been really influential and just yeah, without them, this wouldn't be anywhere near where it is right now. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. So you mentioned a couple of films, and I know that, you know, since the time that I've known you, that uh, especially this summer, you went and, and filmed a few different things. What, so could you tell, talk a little bit more about the, the content of the films that you're making and, and when they will be released? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were filming in, in Brazil. Well, we've done, we were filming in India and Nepal, but we didn't manage to get sort of enough types of, we didn't get the material we needed to actually make a film. So we ended up getting a lot of, um, yeah, we got some photos, we got a teaser video, um, but we hope to go back there and, and do a proper full film at some point. So what we did in August was uh, in Brazil, and we went originally to to film a very good friend of mine named uh, Danny Robert Silva. Um, he's a beautiful dancer. He's in sort of a, he's an up and coming star in the Dutch National Ballet. He's just um got an incredible presence on the stage, phenomenal technique, great line, all of this stuff. But he comes from a quite a, a tragic background. His mother was killed when he was very young. He comes from a, a very, very poor part of Brazil. And um, his father was in prison and he was raised by his grandmother. It was just hard times, you know, a lot of drugs and violence and, and death around him as a kid. And now he's he's growing up, he's put it all behind him and he's working hard and he's becoming a, a pretty phenomenal ballet dancer. So we wanted to, you know, just bring, uh, tell his story about where he's from and what's happening. And, and then we went to Rio and that was <laughs> really exciting, uh, but very stressful. <laughs> uh, we had several stories we were looking to film and, and just one by one, they just weren't panning out. And, you know, we had meetings scheduled to interview people and that doesn't, didn't happen. We were supposed to go to this place and we couldn't get in. You know, it was just, we were there for eight days. And, and on the fourth day, we were like, oh my gosh, we're not going to get anything. Mm -hmm. um, but we found a, uh, a woman uh, from, well, she's originally from Rio, but she danced professionally in Cuba. And while she was in Cuba, she worked on a, a project where they would go out into the city and, and teach ballet for free to underprivileged children. So she brought that project back to Rio and now she's going, she's got uh, tons of students that come from some of the worst favelas in Rio and uh, a lot of really phenomenal stories. And she's produced a couple of really amazing dancers. One of them now is in the Stuttgart Ballet, which is one of the top companies in the world. Another one is in, uh, Dance Theater of Harlem, which is a pretty amazing company. And then there's a whole bunch of other students that, that got into the Teatro Municipal, the main ballet company in Rio. Mm -hmm. So she's just doing a, an incredible thing and just helping a lot of people. And um, at the same time, she's uh, losing funding. The current government in Brazil right now is just pretty much slashing all, all funding for the arts. And so we want to just go down there and just tell her story to the international dance community to so that they know that what she's doing and hopefully it'll sort of um, get a lot of a lot of people involved to to see what we can do as a dance community to help her and other people like her mm -hmm. so yeah we found those stories we got all the shots we needed um 
you know, we're, we got everything. We, we did it. We finally did it. We didn't get mugged. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone told us, they were like, listen, you go to Rio, you expect to get mugged. So, and we had about 40,000 euros worth of film equipment with us. So we were like, okay, please don't get mugged. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's a phenomenal country, phenomenal people. We had the best time. And we were a little scared, you know. We have a lot of friends who are from Brazil, and everyone told us, be careful, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. We ended up having the best times of our lives and met some truly phenomenal people. And, yeah, it was just a great experience all around. Wow, that's great. So with, with everything that you've done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received? Hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you who actually said it. I think multiple people have always said it and, and, and it just always stuck with me and it's just be yourself. Um, yeah, cause life can get away from you, especially, especially when you're successful, but also when you're, when you're feeling down, you know, we always project a lot of things on ourselves. Um, and to always just be yourself, uh, and to go your own path, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was something that, yeah, like I said, several people have told me and it, and it really stuck with me. I just, I think it's so important to know who you are, what you want. Um, and yeah, don't try to be something you're not, you know, or, or be, try to be something, you know, be great, but actually be it. Don't just put on a persona, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's something that really grounded me a lot throughout my life and, and I'll continue to concentrate on that. Yeah. Excellent. So if the listeners would like to uh, read more about what you're working on, find out more information about Ballet Rising or, and watch the, the videos that are coming out, where are the best places they can go to do all that? Uh, we're going to be putting all of the content we're going to be making. So yeah, we're going to hopefully do some podcasts. We'll do some photo albums. Um, yeah, we've got the films. We'll hopefully do a lot more of that. We'll, we'll put everything on our website at uh, www dot balletrising.com we'll have it all there but we've we're also all over social media we were at um uh, ballet right at ballet rising on twitter and instagram and you can find us on linkedin and so yeah we'll we'll sort of centralize everything on our website but yeah, we'll we'll be posting stuff all over social media as well okay perfect excellent and i will make sure i put all of those in the show notes so they can click Great. right through Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Casey. This is this was phenomenal. Uh, I really appreciated taking the time to chat with you. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much. It was really fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to advanceyourart.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again and have a great day.